0: <laughs> hey. <Yeah>. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs>
1: That's good. Thank you. Okay,
2: whenever. So, who talks first? Do you talk first? Do I talk first?
1: I talk first. Of course. You've been wanting to do this for a while. And you finally decided that you can go through with it? Yeah. Okay, so what did you come here to talk about?
2: (laughs) Um... My strange life. Okay. But I have a disclaimer first. Go ahead. This is all from... From my point of view, from my perspective, and from my experiences. Maybe not what other people have experienced, but I come from a life where people have very similar experiences because they're all the same. So. (laughs) There it is.
1: You're a Mennonite.
2: No, I was. Clarification, was.
1: In some ways, I mean, you you very much still are, because you're still trapped by a lot of the things that being that brings. I guess so. I mean, you're more of a Mennonite than I am.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so, growing up where I grew up, this wasn't even a thing. I didn't even know what a Mennonite was. I imagined that over half of the people listening to this aren't going to know what a Mennonite is. Mm-hmm. I never saw one until I moved out to Colorado when I was 21, 22, something like that. And I thought that I saw a cult. <laughs> and for the next I mean, somebody explained to me, because I was like, what is that? What's going on? And they were like, oh, they're Mennonites. And I'd never even heard that word before. And I was like, oh, well, what's that about? And the, the general answer is just like, oh, well, they're, they're Amish. Yeah. They're basically Amish. And, I mean, that was all that I ever really got into it in terms of learning about it. But every time I would see, they don't, they're never alone. They're like wolves. They're always like in a pack. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're as aggressive as wolves, but I would always, I mean, they're as noticeable. If I was walking down the street, it would be just as weird to see 10 Mennonites as it would have been to see like a pack of wolves. (laughs) Because it it was that rare to see something like that. But the only thing that people know about Amish people is like, oh, yeah, like they don't drive cars and watch TV. Yeah. That's the extent of the normal American population's understanding of Amish.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you were to get into like, was well, that a religion? People would probably be like, I don't know. I don't know what they believe. I just know that they don't drive cars. Yeah. And they are definitely all work a religion.
2: But. I think that the way they look and the way they live their lives, people see that more than the religious side of it.
1: Yeah, because they stick out so much. Yeah. Why do they dress so weird? And if you haven't seen one before, they wear either black or white little frilly caps on their head if they're a woman.
2: Sometimes not frilly. Sometimes like a stiff... like bucket. A lot of the Mennonites around here don't wear like the stiff kind of fabric.
1: Women also must wear a specific dress to very specific standards.
2: Mm -hmm. Let's just go with the church, the brand, (laughs) the whatever you want to call it that I grew up with. Um, All of our dresses were homemade in the exact same pattern there were rules about the patterns about the type of fabric and like print and colors and stuff like that
1: well there were you couldn't pick any color you wanted
2: um we could for the most part red was kind of frowned upon so you could wear a hot
1: pink one or like a neon Uh, yellow most
2: people didn't wear the bright colored ones i wanted those colors and i tended to push the boundaries on or the rules
1: but colors but the color doesn't matter so how how is wearing a specific color pushing a boundary if the color doesn't matter
2: i mean i guess it wasn't like a a rule. It was kind of an unspoken thing. Like, that's too bright, that's too out there. You're going to draw attention to yourself with a color like that.
1: But you're not going to draw attention to yourself <laughs> I knew dressing you like you're from the that. 1400s.
2: <laughs> exactly. It never made sense.
1: <laughs> the material has to be a specific way. And you said. I mean, you just said like everything had the same pattern, mm-hmm. but you weren't really allowed to have patterns. Like you couldn't. Are you have, talking
2: about like a print on the fabric? That's not what you mean. No, I mean like every dress was made cut, the cut, same. yeah, oh, the okay. exact same style.
1: You weren't allowed to have any sort of print
2: on them. Right? Uh, little tiny prints that you could have see very well
1: like little tiny smiley emojis
2: no little tiny flowers is mostly what people had or like a little stripe or something but
1: not big flowers no nothing that if you saw it across the street it would just look like a plain colored dress right
2: exactly and that was the rule or the way a lot of people
1: but they would
2: hold it up from a distance and they're like oh yeah you can't see the print from six feet away so it's fine
1: who made the, the rule? It's not a Jesus rule, or is it? No. Well, we should also clarify <laughs> that Mennonites are Christians.
2: They claim to be.
1: Okay. For the purpose <laughs> of setting the scene for people that may not know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they are Christians. They believe, they in, believe Jesus. in God. They believe in the same Christian yeah. God that other Christians believe in. Yes. They don't believe in anything major in terms of like another character like Muslims believe in Muhammad as the next Jesus.
2: Most of them don't. The church I grew up in
1: did. Okay, and we'll get to that. So it's a small group. It may feel like a big group to you having grown up in it but it is a very small group Of the overall population. Yes. And even in that group, you're telling me that there are some Mennonites that believe Jesus, and there are some that believe there's another Jesus, like another second or third player in the Jesus game. Mm -hmm. But that's a massive thing to just kind of add in there. Yeah. Like, yeah, we believe in Jesus and we believe in his father in heaven. It's like, oh, yeah, we believe in Jesus and his father in heaven and this other guy. But we're also both Mennonites. But their core beliefs are already radically different. Mm -hmm. That's why Muslims are Muslims and not Christians. Muslims came from Christians, which came from Judaism. They just added another guy. And Muslims and Christians, you know, depending where you live in the world, fucking hate each other and they'll murder you over it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) So you couldn't really say, oh, like. Like, I'm a Muslim, I just don't believe in Muhammad, but you can say I'm a Mennonite, I just don't believe in that that guy, guy, which is already ridiculous. We'll we'll get into that. We'll pick it apart later. Sorry, I'll try to control my, my picking
2: <laughs> that's okay
1: so that's how the women what about the shoes
2: the shoes <laughs> yeah all black shoes
1: what about all black shoes like pilgrim shoes uh, or like like sneakers
2: nikes? yeah like you could get all black nikes you could
1: wear like some jordans like some high top if yeah nikes, if, if they're all black
2: if they're all black okay yeah
1: what about accessories
2: no accessories
1: I want to wear a necklace
2: No. I want to wear a bracelet. You can't.
1: I want to get my ears pierced. No. Okay, nothing. Nothing. I want to put a pin on my hat. A pin? Yeah, like a pin, like a little cross pin. Oh,
2: no. I was about to say the most accessory you could have was we would use pins, like straight pins, Mm
1: -hmm. to pin the hat to our hair. You could maybe get like a colored one or something? I or...
2: would use the like little shiny pearl headed okay. pins. And the plain people, <laughs> the, the better people than I was. Right. They would use the straight pins with no head. What about the men? Uh, The men dress more normal. Jeans, but rules to the jeans. I think I've told you. Like, you told me. had to be.
1: This isn't... This isn't about me. The
2: jeans had couldn't be like western cut, no western styles. Um, they had to be like a carpenter style jean with like the loop on the side of the leg to put a hammer in it, <laughs> like a pliers what about, pocket. What about baggy?
1: What about baggy jeans?
2: Nothing too baggy and nothing too tight. It was right in the middle.
1: What about shorts?
2: No shorts ever.
1: Ever. Ever. What if you wanted? I mean, you guys didn't play sports either. Right.
2: Not really. So it didn't matter. No. But, okay. it, I mean, the boys would play baseball and softball and volleyball and stuff.
1: In their jeans.
2: In their jeans.
1: Like, on the beach. Yeah. Like, we went to...
2: People didn't really go to the beach much, so... So
1: that's a newer thing. Yeah. Okay. When you grew up, there weren't family vacations to Mexico
2: not really, no, what
1: does not really mean?
2: well, I think the first vacation like that, I was sixteen. we went to okay uh Puerto Rico
1: when it was already kind of starting to yeah <laughs> loosen up, okay, um, what about shoes for the dudes?
2: all black too,
1: not cowboy boots,
2: no cowboy boots,
1: even though the cowboy boots would go perfectly with their aesthetic mm-hmm. so they would wear worker jeans Mm -hmm. with black all black sneakers they
2: could either wear that or work like kind of like work boots they were allowed to wear brown shoes too okay if they were like that hike, like the hiking boots or yeah like those hideous work boots
1: were you allowed to wear a belt
2: no belts suspenders (laughs) (laughs) okay so why plaid shirt suspenders blue jeans
1: why suspenders and not a belt?
2: To hold your pants up.
1: <laughs> right, but that's what a belt does. To look
2: cleaner. Belts were considered more worldly. Um,
1: a belt is less noticeable than walking around wearing some suspenders.
2: That's very true. They don't they didn't really see the logic of some of those things. And... No t-shirts th- ever either. Always a button-down, long-sleeve shirt. No short, long sleeve. sleeve.
1: So when they're playing volleyball, or long sleeve, baseball, Mm -hmm. they're playing it in jeans, work boots, and a long-sleeve, button-up shirt. Yes. (laughs) And you said that there is a thing with hats. Yes. So you could wear hats.
2: Yeah. Um, The church I grew up in, hats were kind of required. They didn't want the guys to be without. It doesn't make any sense without their head covered because it goes like against what the Bible says. It's What is really the Bible? I
1: know that you know what does the Bible say? <laughs>
2: well, the Bible says that men shouldn't pray with their heads covered, which is why it's widely accepted in the world that people take their hats off, you know, when you okay. pray. And they would. They wouldn't wear their hats to church or to pray in, but in their everyday lives, They thought it was more worldly to not wear a hat. So they would wear hats.
1: Like there needs to be a separation between praying that's shown by wearing and not wearing a hat. Yeah. I'm going to wear this hat all the time Mm -hmm. so that when I do pray,
2: you know, I'll take it off
1: and that'll make a bigger statement.
2: Yeah. But no um, bright colored hats they and, were supposed to be like black navy dark green and
1: they couldn't be more than one color
2: no one solid color no like uh what are they called um uh like stitching or what what's the thing called
1: yeah like graphics
2: yeah logos that's what i was trying to oh. like nothing like that
1: of any sort
2: of any sort completely it had plain to Be a
1: plain Solid yeah. color. So sometimes
2: hat. people would even buy a hat with something on it and they would like rip the stitching out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so that it was plain.
1: I'm going to use the word forced because that's just how it feels to me. Okay. The way that, because what would happen to you if you didn't dress that way? The family's going out, mm-hmm. or the group, or whatever. And you're just like no fuck it, like I'm I'm just gonna wear uh, like jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> what happens?
2: Um, you probably wouldn't be allowed to go out.
1: So would everyone just go out and leave you at home and no big deal? No, you just can't come. Like
2: you would get in trouble. The what does that mean? Well, they would tell like the pastor. Pastors, ministers, whatever, uh, tell the bishop. And then they would arrange a meeting with you and come talk to you about how sinful you are and why you want, why would you want to dress in such a way?
1: If you were to continuously not dress the way they wanted you to, would there actually become like stiffer and stiffer punishments?
2: Yeah, they kick you out.
1: You're 10 years old, and they kick you out?
2: <laughs> well, if you're 10, I don't know. Like, if you're a kid...
1: That's what I mean. They would
2: keep, like, meeting with your the parents.
1: Right, but you're just like, no.
2: And I don't know. I I don't know of any kids that were ever that rebellious. It never happened. <laughs> not that I know of.
1: Teenagers
2: so th- is- would get there sometimes, but okay. not kids.
1: So, they kick a 14-year-old out? Because um, how do you remove a 14-year-old from the church while allowing him to still live in the house because then that would be a problem, right? Mm -hmm. The old O's parents are letting their rebellious kids stay in the house.
2: They get shipped off to like counseling places sometimes. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So the word forced is not necessarily wrong. You are forced to dress that way. hmm The women are forced to dress like they're about to court a knight.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Like a like a maiden. Yeah. Like I'm in my dress always. Mm-hmm. Like I'm my hair is always up. hmm My hair is stuffed Nobody and hidden as much hair. as it can be mm-hmm. into my hat. Mm-hmm. Can't wear this, can't do this, can't accessorize. Not that the men were allowed to accessorize, but you had to wear that hat. You didn't have different hats of different solid colors. You had the hat, right? Yeah. But the men could wear any hat they wanted as long as it was a color. Right. And the men could wear any shirt that they wanted as long as it was a plaid long sleeve button-up.
2: Not too big of a plaid, though. It had to, like, be...
1: It had to be the like, small... Like, the
2: tiny... Stripe. Small. But uh-huh. it could be
1: blue and white. It yeah. could be red and black. Mm-hmm. It could be pink and gray. Yeah. It could be yellow and green. Mm-hmm. If they wanted. Yeah. You could see a Mennonite man on the street and be like...
2: And if he was wearing <laughs> a jacket and you couldn't see the word suspenders, you might not even...
1: Even... Even if... Well, what kind of jackets were they allowed to wear?
2: I mean, leather jackets? A le- like a biker jacket. Re- like...
1: Like a black leather jacket.
2: Things that were more plain. Nothing like super flashy or well, bright. But yeah, just A biker would normal. wear...
1: If you take the patches off. A biker wears a plain black leather jacket. Yeah. Punk rockers those. wear plain black leather jackets. hmm Greasers
2: is that, that's really racist
1: <laughs> is that
2: racist yeah tell
1: me what you think that that means
2: <laughs> Mexican.
1: oh my god
2: <laughs> you have to cut this out
1: you're the racist
2: <laughs> no you ever seen the
1: movie grease
2: I've heard of it <laughs> I have not seen it I've heard of it
1: like uh, a greaser is generally like a dude from like the fifties or sixties is into muscle cars and hot rods Oh. and they will wear jeans
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I mean, if you're a Western, maybe like cowboy boots or boots or maybe like a dress shoe with it. I mean, it doesn't Warrior. look good, but then like your leather jacket, your black slick back hair, you know, like, uh, uncle Jesse.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I know.
1: Okay, yeah. Everybody knows Uncle Jesse.
2: <laughs> yeah. Even if he grew up Mennonite.
1: <laughs> you would, you could walk by him and never know. That mm-hmm. he's, they're not necessarily putting themselves out there as, like, I'm different. You could be a used car salesman or a cell phone salesman. That's how those dudes like to dress, anyway. Mm hmm out here where we are, you could be a farmer. Right. You could be one of many different things. But you see the woman and it's like, oh, well, I know a lot about her yeah. already.
2: I had a deep resentment
1: but growing who, up. Who made that? the rules of how men have to dress compared to how women have to dress?
2: That other dude prophet, dude. He basically made the rules for the Mennonites that I come from.
1: But the Mennonites that you come from that believe in that dude Mm -hmm. still dress pretty similar to Mennonites that don't believe in that dude. Yeah. So the way you guys all dress may have little differences, but it's overall the same. And the Bible says you can't wear clothes made from more than one Fabric. Or yeah, some they shit
2: ignored like that. that verse.
1: But that, but it sounds like that's what women do. They do wear clothes all made from the same fabric.
2: Well, that's true, but the Bible specifically says, uh, like, you can't have a fabric that's not 100% like polyester or 100% wool or silk. It can't be a blend. It can't be a blend, and all fabrics. I mean, most fabrics these days are a blend. Does that make sense?
1: Does that make sense that the Bible says that? (laughs) Like, yeah, that makes sense that someone thought that was a good idea. Does it make sense that you're basing your entire existence off of what the Bible says and you're ignoring something that's in it? No, that doesn't make sense. The reoccurring thing of women must do this And men can kind of do this. It comes up over and over and over. Yeah. And I guess the reason I was asking who made the rule, the men seem to get a lot of leeway of like, I just look like a well-dressed man with a bad sense of style.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Mm Mm-hmm. The women just look bad. Yeah. And the women stand out. And I could see why a man would have made that rule.
2: Well, the men make all the rules, the women aren't really included in any because every church has their own, like, you know, version of rules. And sometimes they add to it, sometimes they decide to take something away, which is kind of rare. But um, they vote in church and, like, you stand up you know, if you agree with it and the women generally just agree with everything, but it's not like the women get to say, like, I think this is really, you know, like a bad idea.
0: hmm.
2: The men write it out and then everybody just goes along with it. Because if you don't like you just get a lot of attention that you don't want.
1: What are the beliefs that make A Mennonite different from a Christian. Like, what makes what beliefs make you a Mennonite?
2: You believe that you're not supposed to fit in with the rest of the world. You're supposed to be a pilgrim and a stranger, and yeah, and not fit in. Basically, like you don't mingle with them. You don't like. What you're separate.
1: So there's not a fundamental belief in the way that you interpret the Bible that makes you a Mennonite. Mennonites just decide, oh, we want to be different and apart from the rest. So that's what we're going to do.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think they take things like when the Bible talks about covering your hair for women, like they take that very literally. And, like, the modesty thing that's in the Bible, like, they think that men never wearing shorts or short sleeves is more modest. You know, women wearing long dresses and dresses with long sleeves.
1: We'll do this a different way.
2: You're covering everything.
1: It might be quicker. Okay. One of the more interesting aspects of knowing you over the last couple years has been when things randomly pop up and daily life or a conversation where you have no idea what I'm talking about because it's something that you've never heard of or something that you're like, did you know? And I'm like, no, fuck. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> so well I'm asking about what separates Mennonites from your average Christian,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you randomly mention something, that's always one of my favorite things to happen. When you tell me when you were a kid, you weren't really allowed to have toys that were people.
2: Not so not at all. Instead of
1: having a Barbie, no dolls. You had you told me that you had blocks. Yes. that were dolls.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: But explain what, what the block is. I think
2: I was, when I told you about the blocks, um, we couldn't have any like little cows or horses or, you know, any animals. Why? Because we weren't supposed to have anything that was a, a likeness of something real, which is also why we couldn't have any pictures. So why no pictures, of no
1: photographs.
2: Me. Yes, no photographs of me. No exist. family
1: photographs. No. No wedding photographs. No. No, my kid was born. No. No. First birthday. Nope. None. None. No pictures on the walls. Mm-mm. You were allowed to have art on the walls, but the art couldn't have animal or people's in it either. Exactly. The art on the walls had to just be like a landscape or mm-hmm. something, and you couldn't have a toy horse or toy Barbie because that looks like a representation of a real horse or or a real real person. person, Yeah. And someone somewhere created this horse, which isn't righteous of them because only God can create. (laughs) Is that the reason?
2: I don't know. I'm, you
1: don't. You don't know what the reason is as to why you couldn't have photographs. I just
2: know it. They made a big deal about not having anything that would become an idol, and that was the thing with pictures a lot too. Is like people like think too much about their pictures, or like um, they're too important to them, and they would say, you know, like if people's house. Burned down like they run in and they like try to get their pictures or all their photo albums and you shouldn't be that attached
1: to your family
2: to something yeah it should be about God not about a picture of your baby you know
1: no no. were you allowed to have pictures of Jesus
2: no no we didn't have any of that
1: so not like the big like tacky cross hanging no. on the wall, like the wooden carving or no. like that? Is it more like, oh, there's a beautiful horse painting on my wall. I really like that. Oh, but I but I shouldn't. Yeah. I should like, but God made the horse.
2: Like I so said. So you're
1: appreciating <laughs> it what. It doesn't
2: make any sense.
1: But if there's no horse. Mm-hmm. And there's no baby photos, Mm -hmm. but there's a landscape. I mean, like God made the landscape and the plants and shit are living beings as well. That's true. So I don't really understand that.
2: This would be a great question for you to ask like a, a bishop.
1: And there's no way you could paint a landscape without there being like bugs and microscopic organisms in it anyway.
2: As long as you couldn't really see it.
1: So if you painted a forest with, like, a horse, like, way deep in the forest. Just, like. you, and you could, could only barely make, like, yeah. like, if you squinted. Yeah,
2: people would be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. You Which, can't really see it.
1: <laughs> okay, that would be fine. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. There was always ways to get around those things. And okay. even as kids. So let's, like,
1: let's get into that. Because not only can you not have these pictures on your wall. Or photographs Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or a telephone, like a smartphone that can take photos. You also can't watch TV. Right. You also can't listen to music. Yes. And if you buy a new car, before you even drive the car off the parking lot, you remove the radio from it.
2: I don't know if it's before you drive off the parking lot, but as soon as you get home.
1: As soon as you get home, it Where comes I out. Where I grew
2: up, yeah, it had to come out. Um, but churches vary because the church that we moved to out here, as long as you disconnected it, you didn't have to like physically rip it out of there.
1: But you couldn't listen to it.
2: No, you couldn't listen to it.
1: But... How many people did you know... That are people that you should look up to as a child to show you the right direction <laughs> that own things like this.
2: Like a radio or
1: a computer. Now? Well let's
2: Or when I was a kid.
1: Let's say when you were a kid. Uh, there weren't
2: a lot of people. I mean
1: So when did you move from that stricter church to Colorado, to the, well, you moved from the strict church in Arkansas Mm -hmm. to a easier going church in Colorado, but they're both Mennonite churches.
2: Mm -hmm. Same like branch or same branch. Same. Yeah. Like they both believe in that
1: other, The, the new prophet guy. Yeah. And, okay, so hold on to that thought. When you were in Arkansas, how many electronics did you have access to?
2: None.
1: None. My dad
2: bought a computer, like, at some point. Um, But he only used it for, like, business stuff. That there was no internet connected to it.
1: Right. But technically, that's still not allowed, right? Uh,
2: or was it? They were a little frowned upon. They went back and forth on whether it's like a good thing or a bad thing. A lot of people thought it was bad. Same thing with phones. You know, but, like cell phones. Right. But
1: what's... What's the argument against having a TV in your house or watching a movie or listening to music? Why is that something that you shouldn't do?
2: It's an influence from the outside world that you don't need, and it's a bad one, especially if you subject your kids to it.
1: It isn't necessarily because of the way that Mennonites interpret something in the Bible, as the Bible saying... You shouldn't... I mean, they didn't know fucking TV was a thing. So, obviously, it doesn't say don't watch TV. But there's something about keeping yourself like more
2: pure pure, Mm -hmm.
1: that you don't want the evil of the outside world Mm -hmm. coming in. Right. The evil of the outside world that God created. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Any evil that exists in the world was created by the same god that they worship
2: no 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 they say satan created the evil not god but god well, created at first satan. there wasn't right
1: at first so there, was
2: there is that yeah
1: but all right, whatever so there's no mennonites on the internet
2: no yes no and yes They aren't really supposed to be on the internet, but they are.
1: Well, because I know you, I get people you may know info sent to me. You may know this person, and I don't know them, but every single one of them is a Mennonite. So (laughs) if they're not on the internet, how am I seeing them? They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram. Your family communicates by snapchat. This is true. Snapchat is an app where you send photos to each other as the main way of communicating. But you're not allowed to have photos. You're not allowed to own a camera.
2: I mean, that used to be true. And it still is true in the church that I came from.
1: So there's the church that you grew up in, in Arkansas. And the church that you moved to when you moved out here to Colorado. And they're both very similar. Yes. There's a third church that your family moved to when? How long ago?
2: Uh, Three years ago? Four years ago? I'm not sure.
1: After you had already left. Yes. So you, you left the strict Mennonite thing. And then... Coincidentally, your parents were like, oh, we're not going to be part of the strict Mennonite thing anymore either. I guess. And they went to another Mennonite church. Yes. But this church has easier guidelines. Yes. This church, you are allowed to have a smartphone. Yes. It is allowed to have a camera. Yes. I don't think you're well we won't we won't call them out your parents own a tv (laughs)
2: okay yeah okay yes but they don't have cable like they wouldn't have like i don't know if they have any subscription services i'm sure they do i don't know like they watch sports on it sometimes they'll watch a movie
1: your your younger brother has an expensive gaming pc
2: yes
1: and that's something that, when you were younger, you could have never owned that, no, and you have you have a few younger brothers, but the eldest younger brother mm-hmm. when he was growing up, he wasn't allowed like that was unheard of, right, so your parents are gradually sliding down the slope to the point where i mean I think it's for the best right right they're becoming more human, yeah. But there comes a point where you've gone so far that why are you even a Mennonite to to most people I would imagine, and I could be wrong about this Mennonites are Christians, yeah. Mennonites hold themselves to the no t v no worldly pleasures, just a more hardcore version. Right. If you remove that hardcoreness of it, why can't they just be like, oh, we're just going to be normal Christians now? Mm-hmm. At some point, even if they're calling themselves Mennonites, they aren't really Mennonites anymore. And from the outside looking in, the sticking point for anyone who isn't a Mennonite. Would probably be like, oh, you, there's no TVs, there's no m- music, there's no movies, there's no entertainment, there's no video games. If you there's there's no phones, there's no cameras, there's no internet, there's no social media. If you add all that stuff in, what what makes you a Mennonite the at this point? The thing you
2: wear on your head.
1: The men don't wear the thing on their head. I know.
2: But I think that that's the biggest thing for them is, like, what makes you a Mennonite is what you're wearing. And if your wife or the woman's head isn't covered, then you're not one anymore.
1: The foam thing is weird because if you were to separate all of the outside world, the things that aren't allowed... All of those things exist inside your phone. Yes. When I was a kid when I was a kid you couldn't even text on your phone. Texting on your phone was something that was invented or that came about when I was maybe nineteen or twenty.
0: Jeez. <laughs> like we
1: used our phones to make a phone call. Right. And that was it. The phone is really a sticking point. Because it is access. It's an all-in-one device. Anything that you would want to experience or, or learn about is right there. If I was running a Mennonite church, the phone would be the one thing that I would not be able to compromise on. If I'm trying to keep people away from what's out there, The phone is the easiest way for someone to get that. Right. I, when I was young, I had to go buy a CD player. So I would have had to buy a VCR. We'll do like mid eighties. Like when I was a kid.
2: Okay.
1: I would have had to buy a VCR, buy a TV, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: buy a tape player or a radio, buy a computer buy a camera buy a nintendo and i'm sure there's something i'm leaving out now i can just get a phone the phone has all of that in all in, in it. one the phone has my movies it has my music it has games it has the internet
2: it has a camera
1: it has a camera
2: and a video camera
1: right like that's no, you can't have this. You can't have a picture in a frame of your family on your wall. You can't, you can't have that. Mm-hmm. So why am I okay with you having a phone? Right. The phone immediately kills I I like to speak for large groups of other people that I'm not a part of. But the phone kills the entire spirit of what being a Mennonite is. Yeah. But it's okay for you to have it.
2: Well, I think in the beginning, they told themselves that... It's useful. You need a phone, you know, when you travel or when you do whatever, like to contact people, call, text.
1: You, you do need a phone to do that. But the whole point is to live your life a certain way without the conveniences of the outside world, mm-hmm. which is why Amish people choose to live the way that they live. If they are suddenly like, you know, I'm Amish with a car.
2: A lot of them are Amish with a phone, a cell phone, but it's a business phone, you
1: know? (laughs) I mean, I understand the need for a phone, but they still make flip phones. Yeah. They still make Nokias probably. (laughs) Like you could get a phone like that and use it for work. So I I don't see an issue with that. I mean, you have to work, Mm -hmm. but you don't need all this extra stuff. And just because you have a phone, it doesn't mean you need to make a Facebook account. (laughs)
2: You're really calling them them out here.
1: (laughs) If I don't have any problem with anyone wanting to experience the shit that's out there. Yeah. But I don't think you can do both. If you're going to purposely live your life in a way that you have said. Intends to separate you from everyone else. Mm -hmm. You can't. Also join in with the things that everyone else is doing from like a secretive distance. And your old church understood that your old church said, no, you can't have a phone. So all the Mennonites that wanted to have phones were like, well, we don't really like this. Let's go find us another church that says it's okay to have a phone. Right. So they also, they kind of know we're not really supposed to have this but let's go find someone who will tell us that it is okay and we'll go hang out with them. Mm -hmm. But that's not really what's going to matter at the end of the line, (laughs) whether you got permission from someone or not.
2: I feel like a lot of them have left that church to go to a more liberal church with the, intention or the thought process that they don't want to follow the cult guy and so they say that that's why they left it's not to be more liberal but they have become more liberal whereas I just was like okay I'm just done with all of it (laughs) because what is the point just having a little bit more freedom when what you really want is to not worry about some little tiny insignificant thing like about what you wear. Well
1: there's there's a line that you cross where it doesn't matter how far past the line you go. So if you get a little bit of freedom or a ton of freedom, the little bit of freedom already puts you over the line. Right. So at that point, right, like just just drop the whole thing. Mhm. Just is just drop what I it. Did and accept it and move on Mm -hmm.
2: I think a lot of people don't have the guts to just drop it it's so ingrained in them The, the
1: fear of the afterlife
2: yeah but if you're like me and you get a divorce you're already going to hell so what's the point right? You just drop everything. Might as well.
1: Well, just embrace that hell is waiting for you. <laughs> right. And make the best of the time you got. Here. Yeah. But but also, if, if the whole thought behind this is fear of hell, mm-hmm. you should be taking no liberties at all. You shouldn't even be playing with the idea that maybe I shouldn't be doing this. You're talking about eternal damnation.
0: Mhm.
1: No, I'm not even going to fuck with that. You mm-hmm. tell me not to do this, I'm not doing it. Even if you tell me that I can, I'm going to question why you think it's okay that I could.
0: <laughs> and I'm right.
1: and I'm not going to do it. Like that's fear. Mhm. How old were you when you moved? 12. So f- before 12. Mhm. You had never heard music.
2: I mean, in stores or at a restaurant.
1: So you knew that this shit existed. Yeah. And, but you had never watched TV.
2: Um, When my sister was in the hospital, like I was six, and I think that was kind of the first time that I remember, like they had TVs in the waiting rooms, you
1: know. But it didn't become a thing as you were eight, nine, 10, 11, where TV existed.
2: Yeah, no, not really.
1: And you'd never gone to the movies or seen a movie? No. Okay. But then you moved here. Mm hmm. What about that changed? Were you allowed to watch movies? No. Okay. Were you allowed to listen to music?
2: Not technically, no.
1: And you weren't allowed to watch TV? No. And you weren't allowed to have photos?
2: No photos.
1: Okay. So this is all the new church that you just joined? Right. Where you're saying, oh, well, up until 12, like, no, none of that stuff. But then this new church... As if the new church just somehow...
2: We could have like a little bit of white on the soles of our shoes. <laughs> that was one of the differences. Didn't have to be completely black.
1: But We're going to mess with the timeline a little bit. Okay. Around 27, you ended up leaving. Yes. The Mennonite church completely.
0: Mm-hmm. Completely,
1: completely. Mm-hmm. But... You weren't 27 the first time you watched TV. No. Or saw a movie. So there was a breakdown of when you still belonged to the church. But the shit was kind of okay. Something changed somewhere.
2: Well, my parents were okay with if we would travel and stay at a hotel, we could watch TV. A lot of Mennonites wouldn't. But my parents... Why? It was okay Do you know why i don't know i always assumed that they wanted to watch tv just as much as we wanted to as kids
1: there must have been a change somewhere because now suddenly you're doing these things where before like you didn't even know anyone who even had these things or how to go about doing them right but this new church is just as strict on that stuff as the old church
2: But people didn't take it as seriously, maybe? It was a little bit more
1: rules were the same, people were just ignoring them more. Yeah. So they were just worse at being Mennonites. (laughs) Sure. But if the church that you came from and the church that you moved to Mm -hmm. were the exact same, why wouldn't the same rules have applied before? where people were like, "Eh, we don't really care. It comes across like, I don't really want to be a Mennonite, but I am one. But I hate all these restrictions. I can still be a Mennonite if I move to this other church where they still preach the same good word, but we don't really have to listen to it.
2: As closely. Right. Yeah.
1: So you're just lying to yourself if these are the beliefs that you held for most of your life. But now you're kind of just saying, well, this limitation on what I can experience in the world kind of sucks. So I'm just going to like let it slide a little bit. Yeah,
2: and I think it had a lot to do with the people that, or like the pastors or the bishop. The one in Arkansas was very strict and like got after people a lot more, whereas the one out here in Colorado was a little bit more like, oh, you know, if it keeps happening, then I'll go address it. It wasn't like an instant, like you were in trouble thing as much here.
1: If you didn't follow the Mennonite rules, was that an indicator that you may be heading to hell?
2: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Because it's like a heart issue, you know, like what's going on inside of you that you don't want to do this.
1: So why would you give a shit if you had a pastor that was on your ass or a pastor that was kind of slack? The pastor doesn't mean shit. Because when you go meet St. Peter, he's sending your ass to hell regardless of what your pastor said. Like, if you're not a good rule-following Christian,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if that's actually truly what you believe, is that I should follow these rules, but you tell yourself, well, the pastor doesn't really care, so I don't have to care as much, that doesn't change what Jesus thinks about it.
2: Right. Right. And I can stop you right there and say that most, I feel like a lot of those people. This is why when you ask me if they're Christian, I kind of laughed. Because a lot of those people, from my experience, only did the things that they thought they had to do to look good in public. And then, like, I guess maybe they kind of believed that they were wrong. But not enough for them to care.
1: But we're talking about.
2: And they were like, if I look good and the, and the church people are okay with me, then I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to go to hell, even if I rape someone because I'm wearing my suspenders and the correct shoes and the right clothes. Like, I look good. I go to church every Sunday. I, I do the things I'm supposed to do. I'm fine.
1: So it's more of an emphasis on what do these other people think about me than I'm fucking scared I'm going to go to hell. Yeah. Which, and
2: they they taught a lot of fear. So it was like dress this way, live your life this way, or you're going to go to hell. And they there was a lot of like hell right, sermons. Right, but dress
1: this know. way, live this way continues to don't watch tv right don't buy a smartphone Mm -hmm. one of the things i've picked up on is that certain people love certain mennonites (laughs) love to attack other mennonites or the vast christian majority as a whole Mm -hmm. by saying that fucking phrase That you can't pick and choose. Yeah. These are the rules. We didn't make these rules. God made these rules. This is his written word. He is telling us exactly what to do. And it's not open for interpretation. When you start to interpret it, you can make it say whatever you want it to say. Right. If God created all of this, he was smart enough to say what he wanted to say the right way. You don't need to look into it for what did he really mean. Mm -hmm. Like it says it. If it says you only wear clothing of one fabric, like guess fucking what? That's what you better do. Right. If you're scared of having a rough life for 70 years, like that sucks. But how about forever suffering every single day with no end in sight it's like if i'm scared of that i'm gonna do word for word what it says when you're a little high school kid and your football coach tells you to do something you don't say oh so you mean kind of like this like oh, run around you know do 10 laps yeah like sprint 10 laps
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and you jog 10 laps and then you come back your football coach isn't going to be like good job he's going to get on your ass for not doing what he said
0: mm-hmm.
1: And you're like oh man i thought you just kind of meant like run like no like i told you what i wanted you to do and you didn't do it so do it again
2: mm-hmm.
1: you learned really quick like okay Like, he says what he means. Right. And if you've got an entire, like, hey, I wrote two books for you. Like, I sent these people down, or I contacted them. Mm -hmm. I made sure they saw these stories. Because, I mean, obviously, God didn't write it. Right. Right. But he obviously was pretty involved in the creation of it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: To where, if I was telling someone to write a book like for me about how I feel and then they wrote it and I, I read back over it. I'd be like, Oh, this isn't what I meant. Mm -hmm. Like fix this. Right. I'm sure that what came out of that, if that's what everyone's accepting as his word, Mm -hmm. there's no such thing as picking and choosing. It's right there for you. Right. So if it has these 10 rules I don't mean the 10 commandments like mm-hmm. just these 10 things you better fucking do them yeah but from hundreds of years ago every single different sect of Christianity exists because this certain branch picked and chose picked and chose these rules right that they want to follow every branch from the tree is further and further away from the actual shit that he wanted us to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so you come all the way down all the tiny, 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 tiny twig branches to something as small as (laughs) Mennonitism. Mennonism. I have no idea. (laughs) And you've already picked and choosed... Picked and chose.
2: chose. Choosed? I, I choose. I don't think cho- choose
1: is a word. Picked and chose your way there. Right. Already. You're already ignoring all this other shit that he wants you to be doing. Right. And then inside of this tiny branch, you have other little, tiny, invisible branches of people that are like, well, no photos in the house. Actually, photos are okay. No smartphones. Well, actually, smartphones are okay. No fabric of more than one kind. Like, you already broke the fabric rule 14 branches ago. Right. To get here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if your pastor's rule is two types of fabric,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you're like, fuck it, like, three is good. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you were doing two or three. Mm-hmm. Because you're only supposed to be doing one. one. Yeah. And if you think that your pastor can override Jesus, like you're in for a rude awakening. Right. And I bet that pastor is in for a rude awakening when he dies. Yeah. Because he thinks that he can say that he knows better than Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to let all my people break this rule because it will bring more people to my church. Right? Right. In, in my Mennonite church, we can have smartphones. Mm-hmm. So everybody comes in, and he just damned them all, including himself. And they're yeah. all going to hell.
2: Man, I wish one of those bishops would listen to this. <laughs> I love well, your in, perspective on it.
1: In reality, none of them are going to hell. and None of them are going to heaven either. So it doesn't matter. But if your belief... Is that that... my options when I die are heaven or hell. If there's gray areas, which I don't know the Bible like you do, but I'm sure that there's probably some where this isn't maybe too clear. Not to mention it's been translated from five different languages to get to where we are anyway. Or more. And different kings have had their hands on it. Putting their own twists on shit to help themselves. right? Yeah. So, I mean, ignore all that. Let's just say you're trying to do the best you can because you want to go to heaven. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And your pastor says, please don't watch TV. Like, fucking please. Mm -hmm. That's what a pastor would say. (laughs) He'd be like, fucking please don't. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And, And you're telling yourself, like, well, my neighbor's doing it. The rest of the church is kind of doing it.
2: Or what if I just go over to the neighbors and watch it there, but I don't own one.
1: Right. Is that okay? So how could you be at that invisible branch
2: Mm -hmm.
1: all the way on, you know, miles away from the trunk of the tree already on this massive tree. And then you're going to accuse someone else in your community of them picking and choosing their own rules to follow
0: oh
1: yeah like how ridiculous is that yeah to think that you haven't already done that yourself and that your pastor hasn't already done that for you and that whoever taught him or whatever area he grew up in taught him their beliefs it's all just getting diluted all the way down
2: This is why I said I love your perspective is because you have to understand most of those people because it is so many branches, myself included. You, you're born in it. You grow up in it. You never really get to the point that you just talked about where you think about all of that. It's just like, This is where I was born. This is how I was raised. This is what they tell me to believe. This is what I guess I believe. Most of them don't even put in the effort to think about it like that.
1: Right. Like, what if you were born in India? Right. So you're a a Hindu, most likely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that's what it is there.
2: I feel like...
1: You don't grow up knowing any different... Until maybe you're like a teenager or something and it's like, oh, there's
0: There's other religions. But
1: if you grew up on like an isolated farm where you went to a school with only your people and you lived in (laughs) a neighborhood with only your people, you the likeliness of you ever seeing the world for how it really is
2: is small. Right. I don't feel like I grew up, like, you know, on a compound or something like that. We just I feel lived. Like you do. <laughs> I know, but we just lived on a big farm, and yeah, we had Mennonite neighbors, and we had other normal people neighbors. The
1: but the guys in Waco just lived on a farm too. I know.
2: <laughs> but what I was gonna say is yes, I went to a school, a private school that was all. Mennonite kids. I went to a church that was all Mennonites. All my friends were Mennonite. I didn't hang out with any kids that were Mennonite. Right. So even though, like, we went to town, bought groceries, ate at restaurants. You didn't
1: get to interact.
2: We No, we didn't interact with other people, especially not as kids. And... I think that's a big reason why we didn't learn English until we were, you know, like went to school.
1: We didn't even talk about that
2: <laughs> until we were like seven, six. I...
1: So not so I only six. do you dress to stand out, Mm-hmm. which the point of being a Mennonite is to not stand out. Mm. Not- I thought you said you don't ever want to draw attention to yourself.
2: I uh, it's, yeah, it's an oxymoron because they would say that, but also like you should never fit in with normal people.
1: Okay. So don't stand out.
2: In a good way. <laughs> Maybe but, that's but, it.
1: But don't fit in. Yeah. I think it's, it's more very like. Confusing. It's more like just exist in the space where no one notices you. Mm-hmm. For a good or a bad reason. Yeah. If you must go to town, go as a ghost. Mm Mm-hmm. And then return. Do your
2: business. Get back home. Yeah.
1: Except when you go to town, you're dressed like your husband is about to go fight dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, anyway. So you're not really meant to be noticed. Right. But you dress in a way that's impossible to not be noticed.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And you don't even fucking speak English. Yes. So there's a bunch of white women (laughs) dressed in gowns, hanging out together speaking German. Yes. And you would expect that to not stand out.
2: Like I said, doesn't make any sense. And then if you are in town and somebody talks to your kid, your kid is like, has no clue what they're okay. saying.
1: So you're, you grow up inside your community. Your school is in your community. Your church is in your community. Right. Everybody's speaking German. Mm-hmm. When do you learn English and Why?
2: We learned English when we went to school, like, first grade. But there's no kindergarten. There's no, like, what is the other?
1: Right, but as you're being raised one, two, three, four years old.
2: You're not interacting with anyone that you need to speak English with. But no one's
1: speaking English to you. No. It's all German.
2: Yeah. All your family, all the people at church and wherever you hang out, like...
1: So when you go to school at six or whatever. Yeah. Then you are taught, like, here's this entire new language.
2: I mean, it's introduced before then. It's not like you never hear it.
1: With this community being so close-knit and so much of it is just existing inside of itself. Mm Mm-hmm there is a feeling of don't bring the outside world into it
2: right yeah
1: such as if someone does some really bad shit we would rather keep it quiet than involve the worldly police yes so if someone's Molesting children. That's something that would just be. Don't worry about it. We'll handle it ourselves. We're not going to involve the police, even as maybe the mother or a father of one of the children who was molested. Yeah. You would be discouraged from involving the police in it. Yes. And we talked about this once before, and I asked you if you knew anybody that you grew up with that wasn't molested.
2: Was my answer no? Yeah, I still have a hard time. Like when I think about it, I can't really come up with like anybody that I was close to. Yeah, it was just a common thing that happened.
1: In, of all the common things that happen, how many people were investigated or reprimanded or, you know, went to court for it?
2: Only one that I know of.
1: So one person out of... So was that one person molesting everyone? No. Okay.
2: Not at all. Because
1: that wouldn't have been so bad. Like, it was just this one guy... We had a problem with Yeah, no. But it wasn't. No. How common was it?
2: Well, I don't think that I thought it was a common thing until I got older and started, like, finding out about it. Um, But it was a really, it was a thing that happened to kids a lot. Um, A lot of it was done by teenage boys, too, but also, I mean, adults. Yeah. I don't know of any women that molested anybody, but it was all, like, men and boys. Were there
1: any men? Well, there, there were men molesting men or men molesting boys. Boys, yes. But men molesting boys is gay. Right. And gay is a big deal. Yeah. Gay is a bigger deal than raping.
0: Yeah. From
1: from the perspective that I've seen, I've heard about people that rape kids, and they just continue to exist in the community.
0: Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if you're gay, you are removed from the community.
2: Yeah, unless, I mean... There's always they would always say there's the option if you want to you know get up in front of everybody and confess your sins and change yourself then no I don't mean kick you out I don't mean
1: if you molest if you're a man and you molest a woman free pass basically from how I understand it
2: a lot Mm -hmm. of them got free passes no no big deal
1: if you're a man and you molest a boy well this is confusing. Because we're okay with molesting, but we're not okay with the gay.
2: I mean, I can 100% tell you, if anybody listening to this heard you say that from those communities, they would say, no, 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 no. We're not okay with any sort of molesting. Like, they would say that they're not okay with it. Like, it's wrong. I know. It's evil. Right.
1: But what are they going to do about it?
2: I mean, they're going to talk to that person and try to make him change. All
1: right. Yeah. But if you're a young person that realizes that they're gay, Mm -hmm. you are not welcome to be a part of the community anymore. No. So a young person coming into their sexuality, realizing that they're gay, you're fucking out. Yeah. An old man that rapes boys... Well, we're going to have to maybe have a talk with him.
2: Yeah. like.
1: But, but the man raped the boy, so he's gay. So he should be... Even if you don't call the police, if you're going to remove your daughter from the community, why not remove the old rapey gay man from the community? Yeah. Because... You don't have an explanation for that? No, (laughs) I don't. Like there is,
2: it makes no sense. There, I mean, there's instances where people did get, you know, kicked out. But then if that person does what I said and says that they're sorry and whatever, they can be let back in. But what happens is that person generally doesn't change. They just get more careful.
1: Right. or They
2: just... just don't get found out, you know, like. Does that make sense? Or that you
1: just continue to ask for forgiveness, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, because that has happened too. Yeah.
1: Right, because that's the catch-all for doing anything.
2: Yeah, if you say that you're sorry.
1: Oh, well, I have to forgive you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. But if you're gay, if you're 15 and you realize that you're gay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're very sure That you're gay and you're just going to be gay forever Mm -hmm. because that's who you are. You're not going to ask for forgiveness. You're going to be gay. Like someone who's like, this is who I am and this is how I'm going to live.
2: Yeah, they won't ever let you be a part of their church if you say that.
1: But if you're gay and you apologize for it, maybe that would be okay.
2: Yeah, as long as you didn't live a gay lifestyle in any way.
1: That anyone found out about.
2: That anyone found out about, yes. Yes.
1: But if you live a rape lifestyle, that's fine. As long as...
2: They wouldn't say it's fine, but yeah, they...
1: I mean, from the stories that you have told me, me proclaiming that they have said it's fine, seems like that's pretty much what happens. If I went and raped someone because I really just fucking wanted to,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and my repercussion... Was that someone would come and tell me, hey, you can't do that.
2: Like, what's going on inside of you? I'd be
1: like, oh, shit. So I can rape as much as I want, knowing that if I do, I might get a disapproving talking to.
2: You might get kicked out of the church. But all you have to do is, like, confess about it.
1: And say that I'm I'm changed.
2: Yeah, and then you'll be... Like all those prison
1: parolees that say that they're a changed man and then never commit a crime again.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Just kinda like that.
1: Yeah. Do you see a point in forgiveness?
2: Yes. I do. But I don't think that things like that. I think that you need to forgive that person, but it doesn't mean that they get a free pass.
1: But how many times do you forgive someone for it before you're like, well, I'm kind of fucking stupid.
2: Well, 70 times 7, according to the Bible.
1: And then if they do it one more, that's what
2: it's <laughs> I don't know. That's, I See, I was always taught it's like a metaphor. In other words, it's so many times that, you know, you should just always forgive.
1: Okay, so if you were going to create a religion...
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: And you wanted to set rules for it. Would you speak in metaphors? No. Or would you just be like, here's my rules
2: and this is exactly what it means. Just
1: do this and you'll and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. There's no confusion. There's mm-hmm. no complication. I would say, yeah. Forgive someone Up until the point that you don't want to forgive them anymore.
2: (laughs) Maybe that's the first time.
1: (laughs) Right. Maybe it is because maybe they raped your child. Right. Maybe Jesus wasn't expecting this shit to catch on the way that it did. So maybe, well, is that in the Old Testament or the New Testament?
2: I think it's in the New.
1: Okay. So that's a Jesus rule. Yeah. Because it's two different rules. Yeah. There's the God rules. I'm pretty sure it's in the New Testament. And Jesus's rules. Yeah. Right? Speaking of, (laughs) you didn't really play sports when you were a kid. In like a recreational league atmosphere.
2: No, just among the kids.
1: But I did. Yeah. And my dad, for a while, was always my coach. Eventually, it got to the point where... It was easier for him to be the coach of a different team. <laughs> and I played on my team with my coach, and he coached a different team. Okay. Because he would tell the kids, like, today we're going to do this. I want everybody to do this. Line up, let's do this. And I would just be like, we don't have to do that. Like, let's go do this.
2: <laughs> so disrespectful. And my dad would
1: get so mad. That it became easier for us to just do our own thing, right?
2: Because you listen to the other coach?
1: Because there's something about it being your dad that you're rebelling or you're bratty.
0: Yeah. Or
1: like, I don't have to listen to you. Or these kids on the team, like me, and they're going to listen to me over you. But my dad would get fucking, like, I can't imagine asking him now how he felt about it. Because at the time I was like 14, 15. Right. What if you were God and you made all these rules and then your fucking kid comes along and he's like, dad's way too harsh. (laughs) Like, don't listen to all that crazy shit. He said, Jesus, right. (laughs) Jesus comes along and he's like, my dad was way out of hand. Yeah. These rules are way too strict. Don't listen to these. Like, I got some new ones for all you. All
2: you have to do is love your neighbor as yourself. Because the Old Testament God was love- like
1: like some hardcore shit. Right? Yeah, like insane. And then the New Testament was like, this is going to be a little bit more relaxed for y'all.
2: hmm
1: If God is like my dad, and I'm a little Jesus on the soccer team, <laughs> if God is in charge, Mm-hmm. And Jesus is just his spokesperson. Everything that Jesus told these people to do, God's going to be like, that's not what I fucking said. Mm -hmm. You may be listening to him, but like he's wrong. Like I'm the coach. I'm running this shit. You listen to me. Here's my book. Ignore my kid's book. Yeah. Because he's trying to do his own thing. (laughs) Right. But I'm God. He's just my the kid. son. Right. So, yeah. who are you going to listen to?
2: I mean, if you were smart, you would listen to God. My and mom's. Not the
1: kid. My mom was Episcopalian.
2: Yeah.
1: And they said that God and Jesus are the same, are, along with a Holy Ghost. Yeah. There were three of them. Yeah. And someone tried to explain it to me that, but they're also all one. Uh huh. So they're not really three. <laughs> yeah. And also, Christianity is a monotheistic religion where they believe in one god because romans believed in like fucking 50 different there's the god of the sea, of the land, of the air, of the plants. Yeah. And it was like, Jesus, we're always celebrating some god of something. There's too many fucking gods.
0: Mhm.
1: So Christianity was like, hey, I got it. We just got one. But 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 now my mom's got 3 Yeah, that's... So how you got one God or you got three gods...
2: Don't most Christians believe in that?
1: Well, the reason is because the three gods, well, they're actually just one God. It's like, God damn, like, figure your shit out. Like, get your shit together. Get all your popes together and, like, come up with some new shit.
2: That makes sense.
1: Give us a new, new testament, a newer testament. Yeah. for, For 2021. Not for... 400 A.D. or whatever the fuck it was, right? Yeah. You wouldn't write a rule for the way that people lived during the time that Jesus was alive and expect that to apply to the kind of lifestyle that we live now. Mm -hmm. It's wildly different. different. Yeah. But anyway, what are we talking about? (laughs) Well, you have friends... That have been removed from the community. Yeah. For their sexual orientation.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: How do you know that the Mennonites are against gay people? Against.
2: Well, the first time I really heard about it, I guess, was at church. Okay. Um, It kind of was becoming more of a thing, you know, in the normal world. In the past, what?
1: Okay, so they made years. they made their stance clear in the, general, yeah, like through the church that this isn't. Yeah,
2: okay. um, it was talked about like same. I think it was about the time when same-sex marriage, okay, like started. So
1: they came out, and anything that a family member may be involved in that's condemned. It's something that you feel like, as the parent, you would need to remove yourself from because their hell behavior could become mm-hmm. a stain on your record. Right. So if my child is gay, I don't want that gayness to get on me and make me go to hell. Right. Or I don't want to support my child's being gay Because if I do, me supporting it might end me up in hell.
2: Well, this goes into a lot of things. Parents can't support their kids if they feel like their kid is living in sin.
1: But they can watch TV and buy iPads. Yeah. Even though that's also something they would go to hell for.
2: Not if you just adjust your your views on it and decide that you're not going to go to hell for doing that.
1: Well, you could adjust your view on what your child is doing. Exactly. Her mom is still very much an, a mom and very much an awesome person. Mm -hmm. But did she leave on her own or was she kind of pushed out because of it?
2: She, left on her own and she didn't really make it known that she was gay when she left it wasn't until you know she was kind of out of it that she made it more known nice. I, I have a story <laughs> for
1: <laughs> do you? yeah
2: for the, the gay thing oh okay um, so I don't know how many years ago it was but I wanted to go On a girl's trip. And the person, one of the people that I wanted to go with, was gay. And not a part of the community anymore. And I was told by my ex-husband that the only way I can go on this trip is if I tell that person that... I believe that how she's living her life is wrong and she is going to hell and I don't support her in any way.
1: Then you could hang out.
2: But yeah, that was like I had to make that stance for me to be allowed
1: to go on this trip. You had to like speak it out loud yeah, for like the world to hear it. To absolve yourself of any sort of wrongdoing by association right you had to pronounce it because just feeling that way or thinking that way or not feeling that way or thinking that way doesn't matter right you must offend and insult the other person because then they would totally want to hang out with you yeah afterwards Mm -hmm. right yeah
2: it was one of those really horrible things that i did oh you did it to go on the trip
1: did you apologize for it later
2: immediately i told her that and then i was like did you put by the way did you
1: put it on him like he made me say yeah
2: i said he told me the only way i can come on this trip is if i tell you this and i was like you know i don't like
1: why didn't you just tell him that you told her
2: because i couldn't lie what do you mean i can't lie well (sighs) Yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> I can't. I was taught lying is wrong and it's, it's a very difficult thing to do.
1: So what was her reaction?
2: She was like, yeah, I get it. She was used to it. That's what every, how everybody treated her. Women aren't given any opportunities to do anything with their life other than get married and have kids. And if you don't get married, it's very looked down on, like there's something wrong with you because no man wants to be with you or marry you. Right.
1: You exist to have kids and stay home and take care of them. Right. Women are not allowed to work. Yes. Okay.
2: No work. So you go to school... I don't want to say how long I went to school. I don't want people to know this about me, (laughs) but you graduate school at like 14 and then, well, they tell you that you have the equivalent of a high school education, which we know is a lie, but, um, and then if you're a girl and you're 14, what are you going to do with, your life you just
1: what did you do
2: hung out at home and did, did what? things with i don't like mowed the yard <laughs> gardened okay did house work
1: learned how to i
2: learned how to sew learned
1: how to become a good wife
2: yeah i learned okay. how to sew my own dresses i I was just really bad at all the things I was supposed to be good at. But, you know, like cooking and cleaning and baking and stuff like that. Canning, ugh, horrible thing to do. But what you're supposed to learn how to do is preserve a lot of
1: food, you know. In case of the rapture. <laughs>
2: yeah. So you have like a whole like cellar full of food. If something happens, you can just live off of your food, which is kind of the thing behind why men go hunting so that your freezer is full of meat, you know. Okay. Like self-sustaining. But yeah, that's kind of what I did. I did work with my dad a little bit, and then I just got a boyfriend and got married.
1: How'd that turn out?
2: Horribly. Horribly. Yeah, it was a very. You shouldn't ever get married when you're barely seventeen.
1: No, I don't think you should get married when you're twenty or (laughs) twenty-three or thirty or (laughs) (laughs) forty.
2: I. It didn't make me not believe in marriage, uh, but kind of.
1: (laughs) Because I'm willing to bet there's a huge gap between. A horrible, shitty person, compared to like the worst. Yeah. So I can't say that your experience with being married was the worst experience you could have had. No, it probably
2: could have been. It could have been worse. It can always
1: get worse. Yeah. Always, mm-hmm. even if you are in the worst marriage that ever existed. It could still get worse. Mm -hmm. He could still put ants in your eyeballs or something. Like he can always up the game a little bit more, Mm -hmm. you know. But that being said, you probably married like the worst person (laughs) that you could have married. And I don't necessarily blame you for that. I feel like that statement holds true. To a large percent of people that got married as a teenager
0: mm-hmm.
1: and especially coming from a community where you came from, where men are the absolute be all end all. Mm-hmm. You don't talk back. If decisions are to be made, you don't have a conversation about what decisions should be made. It's just made and you follow it. Yes. And if you're told to do something, you do it. The person was a bad choice Mm -hmm. in terms of personality. Right. And in terms of compatibility. Mm -hmm. But you got that extra layer of not only you're not really like this person and you're not really compatible with this person, but they also get to tell you exactly what to do and how to do it and when to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you could start to date someone that isn't a great match for you, but it's good. Mm-hmm. And then over time, as you talk to each other and get to know each other, your relationship could become great. Yeah. And over the years of working shit out together and getting to know each other better, your relationship could get better and better and better. To the point where you're happy with it. Mm -hmm. Maybe you weren't at the beginning, but you saw enough there that it's worth hanging on to. And then you both grew together because you both liked each other. Right. But you didn't get any of that.
2: (laughs) Mine kind of went the other way. Instead of...
1: I don't want to talk for you, but I'm going to instead of,
2: I'll interrupt you if you're wrong.
1: Instead of having a conversation about the direction that your family's life should go to where you could give your input. It was just decided for you. And if something were to upset you, it wouldn't be, why are you upset? It would be stop being upset. Yes. It wouldn't be, we're having a disagreement on this. I want to know why you feel how you feel so I can understand you better. It would be, you can't do this. This is how it's going to be.
2: Or on the rare occasion that that was a question that was asked because it was. Okay. And I would express myself. It was instantly, you shouldn't feel that way. Why do you feel that way? That's wrong. You need to think about it the way I think about it. And if there was no point in arguing that. So it wasn't really him asking how I feel. But maybe he did it to make himself feel better. It was still him saying, no, this is the way it should be.
1: Which isn't unique to being a Mennonite. Lots of men are like that.
2: Unique to being an asshole.
1: But with no background of dating around or being older or knowing how the rest of the world works, you are just left to think, Oh, this is, this is marriage. Mm -hmm. This is life. This is what everybody's life is like. This is normal. I don't want to have sex, but he wants to have sex with me. So I guess we're having sex, even though I said I didn't want to. Yeah. And that's just, that's marriage. That's what you do for your husband. Mm -hmm. All my friends tell me that's what they do for their husband. All I've ever known is that If he wants it, I have to provide it.
2: Mm -hmm. Even if you just had a baby.
1: Even if it's the same day that you had a baby. Yes. If he wants it, you got to do it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Not out of wanting him to like you. Not out of guilt. Not out of shame or coercion. Just, oh, this this is how life is. And if you were to tell any of your friends that grew up the way that you grew up, they would tell you like, like, yeah, like sometimes it, sometimes it sucks, but that's just life. It's mm-hmm. just what we do. Yeah. Not until years later when you meet real people that they're like, oh, no, that's uh. You know, that's called rape. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, like, like, it really isn't. And then 30 people will tell you, yeah, like, that's rape. That yeah. it finally starts to actually sink in. But like, oh, like, this isn't what every marriage is like. Yeah. This isn't what every relationship is like or every man also doesn't act this way. And not every woman just sits there and accepts it. I'm sure that one of the biggest shocks for you must have been when you started working and meeting women and hearing other women tell you how they just bitch at their husband (laughs) incessantly.
2: They don't put up with anything. It was just like, what? Right. (laughs) Getting married at 17 and then marrying a guy like I did, it really... I mean, you're still growing up, you know? Your brain isn't fully developed. And to have someone treat you like that just kind of breaks you down and makes you think a lot of things that aren't actually true. Yeah. To the point where, I mean, like you said, I just felt like that was how life was. Like deep inside me, you know, I knew that it was wrong and I was very unhappy and like, I shouldn't be getting treated like this. But it really did get to the point where I just, I kind of accepted it, but then I got really depressed. So I I don't know if you call that like acceptance. Well,
1: guys, it it is a common trait for a lot of men to act that way. And a lot of guys will treat their girlfriends that way. And the girlfriends, girlfriends will be like, that dude's an asshole. mm -hmm. Like leave him. He sucks. Like Mm -hmm. he's, manipulating you he's he's forcing you into situations that you don't want to be in he's controlling you
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and so that girlfriend is like oh yeah maybe this guy does kind of suck right you would say something like that and you would be told he's a great guy
2: Uh, yeah i mean my girlfriends didn't really like him this is the weird part is my family didn't Really like him. My girlfriends didn't really like him. They wouldn't ever like talk shit to him or stand up for me in any way. But then after I left, it kind of swapped, you know? Right, because they were like, oh, he's a good guy.
1: Because you committed. He could have treated you like shit for the rest of your life. And to them, you dealing with it and living a shit life is a better decision than getting divorced and being happy.
2: Yeah, they because don't think that happiness you, is a thing.
1: Once you got divorced, they, I don't want to sound dramatic, but they like turned on you. Yeah. Because you committed that ultimate sin
0: mm-hmm.
1: and flocked back, or well not back, but flocked to him as like, Oh, he wants to be married. Like, you're the problem.
2: Mm-hmm. He wants wanting. to do better. He wants to change. You know, he's putting in all this work to change himself. Mm. But it's coming back around.
1: Yeah, like four <laughs> years Yeah, later. almost
2: four years later.
1: I don't think there's any sort of back around that can happen that justifies... 10 years of someone telling you that you're stupid and you're ugly.
2: No. Well, I think in normal relationships, there's got to be a balance, right? You can't always say the negative things. There's got to be like positive things. And I think in that relationship, the positive things were few and far between. And I always felt like there was something behind the positive thing that was said, like he wanted something in return, or there was like an agenda behind it.
1: As you got older and started to realize there's more shit out there in the world,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and you wanted to try to experience it and enjoy it, Was everyone very supportive of you?
2: No. Okay. (laughs) They were not.
1: What horrible things were you wanting to experience that you were talked down to and belittled about?
2: From the time I was like 10 or 11, I wanted like pink hair. And I wanted to wear all sorts of clothes that weren't allowed.
1: What do you think that you saw at 10 or 11? I know. You know? I know. The was? moment. Okay.
2: <laughs> I've never told you. I don't know. Um, one of the neighbors, some old lady, <laughs> gave my cousins and I like, I don't know, three or four garbage bags full of clothes and jewelry and makeup. But, yeah, we went through that stuff. Where did? There you, were clip-on earrings. It was like heaven did, to me, you know?
1: Where did you get the dyed hair idea from? This?
2: I saw somebody, okay. like, in town with pink hair, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And, yeah, I...
1: All right, so fast forward out of 10 Mm -hmm. to 25 Mm -hmm. you're old enough to make your own decisions now you're old enough to do what you want to do with your life right so why didn't you
2: um i kind of tried but i was married to a guy who wouldn't let me
1: what does that what does that mean
2: he wouldn't
1: how does anyone not let you wear (laughs) the clothes that you want to wear
2: Uh, they tell you that you can't wear them. And if you leave the house wearing them, there's going to be consequences.
1: What what were the consequences?
2: Making my life miserable.
1: I mean, did you ever do it and face the consequences or was it just... I just snuck out
2: with... (laughs) Okay. I just snuck the clothes out to the car and then changed in the car.
1: There was never a moment like, I can't believe you did this. Like I told you not to do this, and you did it. There was. And what happened?
2: I mean, that he would keep doing that for weeks.
1: Keep doing, keep doing what?
2: I can't believe you did this. Like you're a horrible person, and like over and over, like over and over and over, like. Wears you down.
1: Yeah. It does.
2: Like, that kind of...
1: I'm not trying to ask you, like, why didn't you just stand up for yourself? I'm trying to get an idea of... I dressed the way I wanted to, even though I was told not to. But I know something's waiting for me when I get home. Mm -hmm. Like, what was it that was waiting for you? It was just incessant Mm -hmm. annoyance. Mm -hmm. Picking. And it would... Because
2: it he, just wasn't worth it. He you would know, never, Your life would just be so miserable.
1: It was like. You didn't have the threat of divorce. No. Where he'd be like, if you keep doing this, I'm going to leave you no. to where you could have been like, fucking great. <laughs> I know. It was more like, if you keep doing this, we can't get divorced. So your life is just going to suck forever mm-hmm. with no escape. Mhm. Yeah, that sounds pleasant.
2: Yeah. He he never beat me about, you know, things like that. Like me being rebellious or like wearing things. I never thought about that until just now, but that was always about money.
1: But eventually you did decide to leave that Yes. To leave that marriage and knowing that leaving that marriage would mean that you would have to leave the Mennonite community. Mm -hmm. It was an all at once thing. Yes. But you were ready to leave the Mennonite community anyway. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh no, I'll have to leave if I get a divorce. It was like, I want to leave all of this.
2: And I had wanted to leave a long time. He was really the only thing that was keeping me there.
1: He was? Or the kids were?
2: (sighs) I guess the kids.
1: I mean, was there a point where you thought, like, this sucks in the moment, but it could be good?
2: Yeah, I always hoped that things would get better. I always... Was, I don't know, I think about three years or so into our marriage, I was like, you know, somebody told me you have to change yourself first. You know, you can't change the other person. And so I put, I felt like I put in an immense amount of effort to better myself as a person. And I did. I grew a lot. You know, I grew up a little bit. I was like in my early 20s and... I was a nicer person, um, but it didn't really work for me. He didn't change. I got, I went to therapy, you know, and I went to all these different things to better myself. Um, But whenever I asked him if he would go to therapy, he was like, no. And he would always say, I don't have any problem. If there's a problem, you're the problem. You have the problem. You fix it. And so that was kind of over the years, that was like the same thing that got said over and over. And I just got to a point where I wanted to die a lot. So i never really had considered divorce that much because I was taught that it's very wrong. You don't ever consider it. You get married once and you stay married until you die. I did fantasize about him dying a lot. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I hoped that he would die because I was like, this would give me a free pass. <laughs> but I figured he wasn't just going to end up dead. Um, And then we went to Europe for, like, two weeks with my brother and sister. And I had always wanted to go to Europe. You know, who doesn't? And I love traveling, and it was awful. For the most part, that trip sucked. And he just... He was terrible to me and on the way home i kind of made the decision that i am going to divorce him
1: i heard a rumor that you went like all the way to france and you wanted to eat like a nice like french breakfast and that you couldn't because it was too expensive
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so probably you, not a rumor
1: <laughs> so he traveled to a different country to experience, few
2: different countries. To experience
1: all the things that these countries have to offer. Mm-hmm. And...
2: Did not try spent, a lot of the
1: food. Spent the money to go there. Spent the money to stay there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it was one step too far to spend the money to enjoy it while you were there.
2: Yeah, we ate a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches.
1: And I heard... <laughs> That there was a moment where the opportunity oh, presented itself. I know what to, you're talking about. To have like coffee and croissants or some shit.
2: We wanted to go somewhere nice to eat.
1: And you were told that you couldn't. Mm-hmm. But you did it anyway.
2: And my sister and brother, us three, went and did it.
1: Without the person that didn't want to spend the money. (laughs) And then after the meal, which you said was one of the best moments of being there, Mm -hmm. you found out that he just went and ate McDonald's.
2: Yeah. And he tried to say it was so good. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that that would be the ridiculousness of that combined with everything else. I mean, it's really easy to see how that could be like, okay, this is something I've wanted to do forever. And I finally got to do it. And I went with three other people and two of them were great to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And one of them almost or or did ruin the trip. I'm going to speak for them all for everyone. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that person was the person you were married to. That you were supposed to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. Ruined. Like, I don't know, the thing you've probably been looking forward to more than anything else. Yeah. In your life to that point.
2: Like, going to Europe has was always, like, way up there, you know, on my list of places that I wanted to go. And here... I actually got to go and now all I want to do is just go back to kind of rewrite that (laughs) because I don't have like the greatest memories. Every memory I have seems to be kind of tainted with a really bad one.
1: But at this point, you also still believe that divorce is a sin and you might go to hell. Mm -hmm. So you picked Going to hell over <laughs> remaining married.
2: Mm, I feel like I picked staying alive over.
1: Well, if you killed yourself, you're going to go to hell anyway. That's,
2: that's true.
1: So you still picked hell over. The when marriage.
2: we got back from that trip, I told him, like. You have to get help and admit that there's something wrong with you. Or. I'm going to leave you. He got super mad, you know, and it didn't happen, obviously, right away. Um, And I let, I don't know, six months pass, probably. And then at that point, I was so depressed that I just wanted to kill myself.
1: But you didn't. I didn't. And you ended up filing for divorce and getting divorced. Mm Mm-hmm. And because you were so unhappy and being treated terribly and being mentally abused and physically abused. And I don't know if I already said wanting to kill yourself, but I'll say it again. Yeah. You decided to leave all that behind and enjoy your life. And your parents must have been thrilled for you.
2: No. Everybody thought that I, like, there was something, like, I snapped, you know? Like, something horrible happened, and I just left. And no, I don't know if anybody was happy for me.
1: Okay, well, let's go a year later, or two years later, where you're, you love being alive, and, oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> you're happy. Yes. And you enjoy doing like every little thing that new. Yeah. That you can experience. Mm-hmm. So your parents must be happy for you now.
2: No. No, I don't. I don't think they're happy for me.
1: You were wanting to die and being abused and that was great and he was a good man and now you're very happy and enjoying almost all aspects of your life Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and they're mad at you for it
2: well I'm living in sin now and I guess just feeling like that wasn't living in sin so that's still better i mean i've honestly felt quite a bit that a lot of people family mennonites you know extended family would have been happier if i would have just killed myself
1: because now they have to deal with the possibility of your sins getting on them
2: Mm, and they have to like see me Mm. and i look absolutely terrible
1: to them right and if they support you while you live in sin not monetarily but if they emotionally support you right. if they if they condone it then, then they're wrong then they could possibly mm-hmm. go to hell
2: and what if i said something to them that would plant you know some sort of doubt in their mind. What if somehow the life that I'm living now could change something about their beliefs? Because what if how I believe gets on you or in you and like takes you off of the straight and narrow path that you're supposed to be on?
1: Do you want your parents still?
2: <laughs> I'm just in general. Oh,
1: Right. You're like, you're dangerous.
2: Yeah. I've lost friends, you know, because of my life choices.
1: Which is just a weakness on their part because they should be able to hang out with you. And if you're going to go do something that they think they shouldn't, they could just be like, I don't want to do that. I'll like, I'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'll see you later
2: but instead they're like deeply bothered by it or
1: they're scared that they may go do something with you and then enjoy it yeah or regret it mm-hmm. or have some sort of guilt over it mm-hmm. but it it would just be on them to be like hey, it's great you know talking to you and having coffee but you know you're going to go do something i'm not okay with so i'm gonna go well is there such a thing as like the damnation by association
2: i mean the church i grew up in yeah they would say to not like the people that got removed from the church kicked out you couldn't eat with them You couldn't work with them. You couldn't play with them, whatever sports or, you know, anything like that, like something enjoyable. You were allowed to talk to them, but technically, if you were talking to them, you were supposed to be talking to them about how they should come back. What about trying to save them?
1: What about the rapist that didn't get kicked out, but everyone's associating with that's molesting their kids?
2: I have no idea. I don't know where that guy is. No, I'm
1: saying, is is that fine? Like, I'm not allowed to talk to this guy that got kicked out of the church.
2: Oh, yeah, that's totally fine. But this
1: molester that's still part of the church,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I can't associate with him. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: No worries there.
2: Yeah, no worries.
1: Cool. I mean, that that guy's got it made.
2: It doesn't add up. Just a pedophile on the loose Yeah. with no consequences.
1: Yeah, but don't get divorced to make you know your own life better i know do you worry that making a decision for your own happiness to to put it how you put it to keep you alive is something that has damned you and that you stand a chance of going to hell for
2: no no and I think that's what freaks people out. If, if they ask me and I say, like, and this is, I'm being completely honest. I have never had a moment where I thought that I made the wrong decision. It was the right decision. It just was. It was the right decision for my kids, too, even though people, that was the biggest thing. Like, my family and the ex, was that was the biggest thing. Like, you're hurting the kids. You're hurting the kids. This is so horrible for the kids. Um,
1: the kids got to celebrate Halloween for, like, the first time ever.
2: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they have gotten to experience more normal life than I ever did at their age
1: having your kid think that everyone at their school worships Satan because they celebrate Halloween.
2: It's pretty messed is up. It's
1: like a ridiculous way to think, which only drives the divide further between Mennonites and everyone else mm-hmm. to where we are different. And even though these people are Christians, There's something weird going on with them where they celebrate the devil once a year. Right. Yet she goes to school with kids who aren't Christian Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that also celebrate Halloween. Who also must be must be worshiping the devil, even though the kid is fucking Buddhist And doesn't even believe in the devil. Like, how complicated does that get?
2: I want to clarify Mm. that I don't think that divorce is great or easy for kids. Like, I know that it was hard for my kids. I just think that in the long run, it was better for them. Because I, I mean, I was going to kill myself. Do you think it would have been better if I would have killed myself and the kids deal with that? Or. I mean. Still having a mom. Just, you know.
1: It sounds like you don't want to say it, but I'll say it. What? It's like divorce is great. <laughs> My parents stayed married because of me. To not put me through a horrible divorce. Mm -hmm. So instead of putting me through a horrible divorce, I watched my mom and my dad hate each other and sleep in different bedrooms and not go out to family dinners. I would go out to dinner with my dad or I'd go out to dinner with my mom. Mm -hmm. I would go on a little vacation or a trip with my dad or with my mom. We never went out together. If there was a school event, they would be there. They wouldn't be sitting with each other. And a lot of times my mom just wouldn't go if it was like a sports thing, because, you know, that's the male thing. Right. Where in, you know, a normal family, like, oh, mom and dad would just be sitting together cheering you on. Right. So for years, I watched them argue and hate each other and ignore each other, which led to them also having no social life with anyone else because how unhappy they were influenced how they treated me
0: mm-hmm.
1: influenced. If it does. My mom had friends at work. My dad had, well, My mom had friends at work. (laughs) And as soon as they finally got divorced, which wasn't until I graduated high school or my last year of high school.
2: Were you like 16, 17?
1: 17 maybe. But I cannot remember a time in my life that they slept in the same bedroom. So it wasn't like, I was 10 and they started having problems. Mm. Or I was 12. At some point in middle school, my dad moved out and he got his own apartment. And Mm -hmm. I was doing that some days with mom, some days with dad thing. And then they decided that was too hard on me. So my dad moved back in. And all the bad shit just kept happening. Yeah. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem like that was a good decision as soon as they finally got divorced my mom immediately started going out with her friends immediately found another dude that she enjoyed hanging out with and I think it was I don't know like a year or less that she'd been dating or hanging out with this other dude and they got married and they immediately started going places, going on trips, going to different countries, enjoying life. Mm -hmm. But my mom's attitude towards me completely changed from I'm unhappy and I hate my life. So even though I don't want to, like I take it out on my kid
0: Yeah.
1: to I'm so happy. I've met this person that helps me enjoy life. And I think they were together for like 10 years and then he died. So my mom at, I don't, 55 to 65 had like the best, most amazing 10 years of her life at the end of it. Mm -hmm. She could have been having that her entire life. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, my dad was bummed out. Like, he was the one that was bummed out about it. But he's gone on to be with other women and have other relationships. And, like, I don't really know how he feels. But, like, I can't say if he's happier with these women than he was with my mom. Mm -hmm.
0: Because
1: he hasn't told me that. But I can't imagine he was happy with my mom. Maybe he, like, wished it could work out. Right. Or maybe those initial, you know, early Mm -hmm. years they spent together is what kept him going that maybe they could get back to that. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't around for any of that. They had been married for like 25 years or something before I even
2: was in the picture. Came around.
1: Yeah. Because of the weird situation of how I was raised. But it probably did... Way worse shit to me. Your only experience with family and marriage at that age is your family. Yeah. And your parents' marriage. And so they had a horrible friendship and a horrible marriage and a horrible family life. Because they were married. Right. So it only makes sense. To not be. And then as soon as they weren't, even if my dad wasn't happier, he was way more stress-free. Mm-hmm. He was way more relaxed. He was way more playful and jokey. Mm-hmm. Maybe he missed having like a woman around, but like my parents weren't doing it anyway. Like, there's there's no way. It must yeah. have been, I mean, it must have been years and years. Yeah. Like, who knows what was going on behind the scenes with either one of them. But none of them never went out and didn't come home. I think yeah. they just sat in that life and just rotted away.
2: While waiting for you to grow up.
1: Right. Yeah. Thinking that they're doing what's best for me because the horrors of a child who must grow up with like separated parents,
2: which was a thing for me. Like I thought about that quite a bit. Like what well, I can't like put my kids through that. Cause it's bad. Everybody says it's really bad, but I think it got to the place where I thought that it was also bad. For them to see the kind of relationship that I was in. You know?
1: It's a horrible example for a girl because she's left feeling, I don't want to hang out with the dude. Dudes just tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And it's a horrible example for. A son to be like, oh, this is how you treat women.
2: Yeah, it's a very bad example so for it, your son. Either <laughs> both are for bad.
1: either child, it sucks. Mm-hmm. But for them to just spend some time with their dad and then spend some time with their mom, kids get used to that shit pretty fucking quick. Yeah. To eventually, they got somewhere that they'd rather be, or they have certain reasons why they look forward to being at one place or the other. Mm-hmm. There's goods and bads. Instead of just the same fucking thing. Yeah. Over and over, or listening to people fight or argue, and even if you keep your fighting or your arguing to when the kids aren't around, they know. It, it doesn't mean that when they come home there's like a bright, cheerful atmosphere in the house.
2: No, it's depressing. Right. I don't know if I. I mean, you say divorce is good. I. Yeah, I. I don't know if I can say that. I think that not getting married in the first place is better. Than I would completely agree with that. I think that. Too many people just get married, and in the Mennonite world, all these super young people are getting married because of sex, which is, you know,
1: right because you can't do it unless you're married. You
2: can't do it, and you've got like eighteen year old boys who just want to do it.
1: Right, so they got to girls... get, so they got to get married.
2: Yeah, so they just have to get married. Then they grow up. And realize that we're different people. We don't actually like each other. We had sex. I'm like over this. But now they're stuck.
1: Give massive amounts of credit to David and Jamie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Who aren't really related to this conversation. But they got <laughs> married at.
2: Did they get married really young?
1: I, I wasn't like 17 but it was like 19 to 21. Dang. It was like in that age. And now David's about to turn 40. <laughs> they're going on 20 years. It's a long time. And like, we don't know all the behind the scenes shit to that, but right. we know that they're still married. Mm-hmm. And from everything that I know, like it
2: seems to work
1: and it seems happy. Yeah. All their kids are happy. They seem happy. I've never once Seen them, even, you know, how much women love to take a little cheap shot, you know, around a couple different people to, like, get a little jab in <laughs> on their man. Like, they're annoyed about something in the moment. hmm And they just want to put it out there just real slyly. Like, that never happens with them. No. So, like, they... It is possible that it works out.
2: Yeah, I and I believe that. That's why I said that I don't think that marriage doesn't work. But that's... But I think people don't take it seriously enough. And that, I think they're too young. There's all these factors that people don't think about. Sorry, they just jump into it. I'm done. <laughs> Talk.
1: That's also my one example.
2: David and Jamie. Yeah. <laughs>
1: If somebody does some shit that you just can't stand or they have an addiction or something, yeah, they can get help. They can work on it. They can change. You can become better. Becoming a better person is not the same thing as changing who you are. I can be more thoughtful. I can pay more attention. But I can't change me. I can't change my personality. Right. So if someone married me and then realized that they don't really like my personality, they're probably fucked.
2: Like my ex. He hated my personality.
1: Right. Hated it. You guys weren't going to change your entire personality for him to like it. Right. And even if you did,
2: tried.
1: You still wouldn't like his personality. So half of you still aren't happy.
2: Mm -mm. Some people just aren't compatible.
1: If you change your personality for him and then he changed his personality for you, (laughs) then you would have to change your personality for his new personality, which would then have to change his new personality for your new personality. You would just be chasing each other of like, oh, I thought you wanted this kind of woman. Yeah. And he'd be like, well, I did, but you wanted this kind of man, but this kind of man doesn't want that kind of woman. Oh my gosh. And then it's like, well, like, I yeah, I guess we're just not, like, I guess I just don't like you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure that a lot of this came off like just shit talking. But I think, if you separate the whole religious aspect in general of like, I'm not a religious person,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: anytime we're going to talk about religious stuff, like I'm going to have certain feelings about how it's just ridiculous, mm-hmm. no matter what religion we would be talking about. It's easy to just throw things out there to like poke holes in it or make fun of it, right. But if you're choosing to join or align your beliefs with a strict sect of Christianity because you believe that this is kind of how things should be. hmm that the outside world should be kept away because of bad influences and we should all try to live as pure as possible and as close to the true word of God as we can. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That takes a lot of effort. Yeah, It takes a lot of determination and a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. So, in a way, if someone chooses to live their life as Amish, working way harder than they need to because they don't want to use tools and technology
2: or cars,
1: that's impressive. And I would give them a lot of credit for it of like, mm-hmm. this is what you actually believe is the best right way to do things. And so you're actually committed to it. And doing it. Like, I think that's awesome. I don't agree with you on your beliefs. But the fact that you believe them so much that you're living them and you're holding yourself to them and you're sticking it out for your whole life, you're making your life harder just to live The way that you think God wants you to live. Right. Like no one could talk shit about that. Mm -hmm. That's like the essence of living what you believe in.
2: Yeah.
1: To choose to live that way. And then to look for loopholes to get around the things about the way that you chose to live. Makes no fucking sense. I believe this is the right way to live. And so I'm going to live this way on purpose. But also, I'm going to kind of ignore some of it. What's the fucking point? Like, all your credit that I'm giving you it just immediately goes out the window when you're like well actually it's way easier to churn this butter with a mixer than a stick
2: see that's the difference that i, <coughs> I choked that i admire between amish and mennonite amish people don't join their church and make that decision until they're like in their 20s usually, like 18, 19, early 20s. That's when they decide that, yeah, like this is how I want to spend my life. Whereas Mennonites, they just are baptizing their kids and making them promise to follow these rules when they're like 12, 13, 14 years old. If all your friends are doing it, then you're going to look stupid for not, so you do it. And then maybe when you're 18, you're like, well, I don't want to. But they put a lot of emphasis on that vow that you made, and you cannot break it.
1: If you secretly had, like, an electric whisk that you hid and you only used it when no one was around to see it, and all the other times you used like a stick
2: mm-hmm.
1: by hand. You have already thrown your entire belief system out the window.
2: Yeah. I I agree with that.
1: And it doesn't matter if the neighbor saw you do it or not. Because he, with a capital H,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he knows. He does. He knows that you've sacrificed your beliefs to do something the easier way. And I think because it's such a small thing like murder, rape, that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. And murder and rape probably aren't things that come up in your daily life. No, but like making some bread, Or baking a cake and, you know, mixing it by hand. Even if once a week you're like, "Ah, I'm going to use the electric one. The fact that you chose such a small. Misgiving Mm -hmm. to be the thing that you gave into means that your resolve is just that weak. Right. And if you choose that and then you start choosing it for something else and something else and something else, you look back a year later and you're like, oh, shit. Like now I've got an Xbox and a 65 inch TV and, you know, Internet access.
2: Teach. I mean, they talk about this, you know, on Sundays at church, like if you do that small thing just leads to a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And you always want more and it's bad and it's bad. I was definitely the person that was always looking for the loophole, but I also wasn't very committed to this ever. <laughs>
1: to if you me. don't, if you don't give a shit, I didn't, then there's nothing wrong with it.
2: I never felt guilty for any of that stuff that I did. And I think that's why like, it got to the point where when I left, Not dressing that way wasn't an issue for me. I didn't feel guilty. I felt great.
1: And you should. I was like,
2: I'm having the best time of my life.
1: You shouldn't feel guilty and you shouldn't feel bad. But if you're the person, you weren't choosing it. No, I wasn't. So feel free to go as wild as you want. But if you're the person that's choosing it, but then you're allowing room For the exception, even the minor exception, you can make a big exception by mistake. Like, oh, shit. Like, I forgot. Or, man, sometimes shit just happens. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't mean to murder the dude, but, like, (laughs) heat of the moment, like, I reacted. Right. I mean, to be extreme about it. Yeah. But to put the spatula down and plug in the electric whisk is not a mistake. No, it's just a choice that you made, which is a slap in the face to your entire belief system for your own selfishness, which that then the fact that it was just your selfishness should make you question all kinds of things about, There's
2: a lot of people like that. And I think that they feel really bad about themselves.
1: But they shouldn't feel bad about themselves because they should never have done the thing. And if, if they did the thing, maybe they should just give the fuck up and just not be the thing anymore.
2: Well, I think that's why I feel so much better and happier in my life now because there isn't anything like hidden. You know, I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to. Hide what I want to do, what I want to wear, who I want to be. That's how I had felt for years, that I was always trying to hide who I actually was. And people think that I've changed so much, and I think that what was on the inside is just now on the outside. That's all.
1: There's no reason... To ever try to hide anything anyway.
2: I tried to hide my personality.
1: Well, I'm saying like, he knows.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't. So
1: it doesn't matter if you successfully hid something or are trying to hide something. It makes no difference.
2: I don't think I was trying to hide it from God anyway. I was trying to hide it from people. I don't
1: think that you were, but. Other people. It's kind of come up that a lot of it is about the neighbors or the community or the church.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And it's like, those people aren't the people that you need to be worried about.
2: Yeah, I think that you should probably go to some of these churches and give them some motivational (laughs) (laughs) speeches. You could really weed out, you know, the true believers from the fakers. And why? There's a lot of fakers, I think.
1: Like, why fake it? Why feel like you got to fit into that if it's not. That's all they know. If you're faking it, it's because you don't really believe it. Right. And if you don't really believe it, then why are you wasting your time? Go go do something else.
2: I think it's just like. That's how you were born. That's what you were born into. That's how you were raised. You don't know anything different. Like for me, leaving that was incredibly scary because I had no idea what needed to be done really for me to be on my own. And like, how do you navigate without like a, giant community of people and family that's going to be there to help you. And if suddenly all the people in your life turn against you, what are you going to do? If you need help with something, you got to figure it out by yourself.
1: Have there been moments that you've regretted your decision or have you felt like things maybe have worked out for you better had you not changed your life this way
2: no not once have I regretted my decision and being hungry you know wasn't pleasant always <laughs> cause it was hard being cut off from that life and starting another one it, it wasn't easy But I don't regret it. And I think it's the best decision that I ever made.
1: It was like a little, I mean, it was six months of difficult, or six months of adjustment for the rest of your life. Right. So even if it had been a year of like double the struggle, I imagine it still would have been worth it. Yes. Do you have anything that you would advice or, uh, I don't know, words of encouragement for people that may be in a similar situation that you were in that could be listening to this?
2: Yeah. I think that if you're in a situation where you are being mistreated in any way. Like you need to get out of it, not just stay in it because it's comfortable in what you know. I realize that it's like the scariest thing ever to change your life and leave things that you're used to, but you deserve more than that yeah from that standpoint like don't just stay there but also from a standpoint of if you're just in a religious community that you were born into you grew up in it's kind of all you know but you're not happy there you know that something is missing in your life you shouldn't waste your life Staying there because of the fear of the unknown or the fear of what's out there or the fear of hell. Like
1: if you're 25 and you're already having these thoughts like you're describing, but you wait until you're 40 to do something about it, you're just going to think back and be like, fuck, I wish I did this 15 years ago.
2: Yeah, you just wasted 15 years of your life. And even myself, when I I was 27, when I left, and I stayed for a long time for my kids. But now I look back and I realize that I just wasted years of my life.
1: So you wish you had made the decision even sooner.
2: Yes. Yes. I don't think I was capable of making the decision as a teenager. But I think that after my kids were born, like I could have made it like 5 years sooner than I did.
0: Well, there's but the whole But I
2: just like stayed and stayed and thought that I could just live with it or just make it through somehow.
1: Would you want people to reach out to you or contact you or talk to you yes about any of this stuff yes so if anyone wanted to run their thoughts by you or just talk to you about your experience or ask you for help you're open to that Mm -hmm. so you would be like a savior (laughs)
2: <laughs> like, come to about... me and I will
1: set you free.
2: <laughs> I don't know about that. But
1: but you'd be willing to, to help.
2: Yeah. Like, if there's anything I can do to help, I would. Because I know where I was at and I know that having somebody that I could have, like, trusted and talked to would have been everything. And it would have helped takes a lot of uh, like courage <laughs> especially when your whole family is that in that it's very hard to step outside of that because family was kind of everything